The Art of Everything Fridays 7 to 9 p.m. It is the art of everything right here on this Friday evening on SAFM. I hope you've had a great week and uh, you are getting ready to ease into the weekend. Now, always top of our lips is how we can ensure that we are living more sustainably and more consciously, making decisions that can benefit us and our family's health and well-being. And our first conversation is around food because food in itself is an art form. Uh, and joining me on the line, we have uh, Arabella Parkinson, who is a chef and qualified health coach from Eat to Thrive. How are you doing, Arabella? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. How are you this evening? I'm only but fantastic. So, you know, I was alluding to the fact that food in itself is somewhat of an art, right? And and we see it. We see it with the content that we consume on television, with all the, the food and home cook sh- reality shows. We saw it in lockdown, at the height of lockdown last year. If you were not a foodie and you were not an Instagram food influencer... You were bored and not making any money. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a very interesting thing to observe the the industry around the consumption of food um, has just boomed. And what I find quite interesting is there's such a consumption of food through platform, and there's a lot less cooking going on in the kitchen. So it's quite an interesting um, space we find ourselves in, where there's a lot more fast food culture but then everyone is watching everything on food when it comes to these platforms you see now that is an interesting connection that i didn't think of so we are (laughs) consuming food from a visual perspective from social media and television and all the rest of it but we are actually not translating that into making our own healthy food choices and prepping our own food and and all that kind of stuff at home and it's, I find I find it. Uh, I guess it's the the paradox of the, the society that we live in is that there's such an excess of information, you know, around foods. I mean, you think about I don't know, 40 years ago, and there were one or two cookbooks that were out, and it was hard to find all this information as accessibly as it is now. You know, it's everywhere mm. you look. But I think what's happened is is it's become a form of entertainment mm. and people are easy. It's, it's that instant gratification where you can watch something and it's so satisfying watching someone create something beautiful, mm. but people are not uh, physically practicing and developing these skills. So it, it becomes, yeah, an interesting space to observe. Okay, listen, you've you've just completely turned the wheel for us because, uh, you know, we obviously from from the out the outer 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 side because I can't <laughs> even call myself a foodie, <laughs> I'm far from it. Uh, looking in, so my perception of of you know the quote unquote reality of the industry is very different to what you've just laid out, um, which then brings me to segueing how you moved into the space because. You know, you've been all over, you've tried different things, you've cooked in different places and different platforms, and you find yourself then starting up your own thing. And how did we get there? So, Eat to Thrive, this brand was born out of a combination of experience. I 
I did my classical um, culinary training, so that's French cuisine, you know, mm. so it's lots of dairy and lots of meat. And as someone who had just decided to stop eating animal products, it was quite an interesting journey to go down um, and, you know, learning all these beautiful techniques and very old techniques mm. around food, but not really aligning with my philosophy. And I spent many years, you know, cooking for people that weren't too concerned about what they were being fed or where it came from or why they needed to care. Mm. And I always had this kind of this knowing inside me that there was so much more to food than just eating it. And mm. there was there was this deep connection to it that I was trying to, I guess, find a platform to share and trying to find the right people who were interested in that story. And I spent um, quite a bit of time in... India was an Ayurvedic doctor and my, my world kind of blew open when I was exposed to Ayurveda, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the healing system where they see food as medicine and that's, and that's the central, the central healing modality. Whereas we've always been told, you know, the healthy food is broccoli and you must have a glass of milk <laughs> for your calcium. And it was kind of very generic kind of, I guess, outdated um, information that maybe it just didn't align with, exactly what I felt um, I was trying to find. And so Eat to Thrive became a platform for me to, you know, partner with interesting NGOs and organizations who were wanting to know more about the education of food and, you know, wanting to be more environmentally friendly. All I wanted to do was help people see the connection between environmental awareness mm. and what we were putting on our plates and that if you can shift what you eat you're having such a big impact on the planet as a whole that it's actually so much easier to feel empowered in you know making a difference mm. rather than just mindlessly eating whatever we find so arabella i find it interesting that you've been on a plant-based diet uh, for a number of years, if not the majority of your your adult life, and you're also quite the proponent of healthy food choices and sustainable food choices. But at the same time, you also uh, I read somewhere that you also said that there is no one correct diet for everyone, but it's rather about creating a good relationship with food. So it sounds to me like yes, you've made you know your personal choices based on uh, the knowledge at hand, and you advocate for that. But at the same time, you're also not limiting uh, someone else's reasoning and 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 ability to make a choice for them that is not plant based. I think I think it's so important for firstly people get have a very emotional relationship with food. So mm. firstly if you go at someone and tell them that what they've been doing for their entire lives is not the correct way, mm-hmm. they're going to shut off and they're not going to listen and then you're just talking you're either just going to be talking to the people who have already started doing things in a similar way to you mm. or you're just going to be creating conflict with people because the thing, I mean, it's just not really a good way to do anything. You can't fight, you can't go at people with this kind of high ground. I think there's a lot of, um, there's quite a bad rep in terms of, you know, the vegan movement and things mm. like that because there's a lot of moral, a, a moral standpoint that can get, it just, it can either be condescending or it, you know, you, you know, it's the same as you can't go at someone and say, this is my religion, your religion is wrong. It's, mm. it's just, for me, that doesn't fit right. It's, 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 you're not going to get anywhere doing that. And the thing is, everybody's, and, you know, we've all got arms, we've all got legs, we've got, you know, things that work in the same way, but our, all our bodies need 
different things, you know. People who live in snow are going to be needing food that's very different to people who are living in the tropics. Mm. You know, someone who's working a very heavy physical job is going to need a diet that differs from someone who's behind a desk. Mm, mm. And as those differences are a reality, your your mindset and your philosophy in terms of your relationship to food is, you know, it can be whatever you want it to be. I don't mm. ever want to go around saying everyone needs to just eat vegetables or <laughs> you have to stop eating meat because that's just, it's not, it's not my way of doing things. It's more, okay, can I just, if you see all the facts and taste how amazing this tastes, <laughs> maybe you don't necessarily need to eat a steak every night for dinner, you know? It's, <laughs> I would much rather have billions of part-time vegans rather than a handful of full-time vegans. You see, now you've got my attention because... There, every... are, there is so much. We can't all do everything, but yes. we can all do something. That is so true because every once in a while, my friends and I go veganish. It's a couple of days yes, every couple that. of months <laughs> we go veganish. And I think the only reason why, uh, you know, we dabble in the idea and we're curious in the in the concept of it. But f for us, where we lose attention and focus is a few days in, we've run out of ideas of yeah. <laughs> how we are going to make these vegetables taste good. Um, and my producer was quite intrigued because she's got two little girls and she thought there's no ways I can make a meal in 15 minutes, uh, you know, that is plant-based. Yeah. And it's, it's also, it's one of, it's, I mean, it's, I think a lot of it has got to do with our conditioning, mm -hmm. especially here in South Africa, you know, a lot of our, I mean, all of our cultures are very uh, meat-focused and carb-focused. Mm. And, I mean, to, to shift a perspective that, we've grown up with for so long is not going to happen overnight. Mm. And it's also the same as, you know, if you have been, for example, playing tennis your whole life and all of a sudden someone says you should stop playing tennis and you should start swimming, mm. you're not going to be good at it straight away. It's going to take practice. It's going to take shifting your perspective. You know, you're using different muscles. You're working with different, um, with a different setup. It's, it's with plant-based food, all you're doing is trying to adjust attention away from you know uh, animal protein being the main component of a dish yes and choosing something else and what what's also fascinating is that i almost think people are overwhelmed by the choice because you know meat is meat yes and you can choose different cuts and you can choose different methods of cooking but it's one thing so it's quite easy to focus your attention on it whereas you've got this like abundant array of vegetables and pulses and grains and, you know, nuts and seeds and all of these things. But I think sometimes it's a bit overwhelming because you don't actually know where to start. Yeah. But but once you start uh, kind of readjusting how your mind is looking at these ingredients, which is such a fun process because it can be such a gradual process. It mm -hmm. doesn't have to be like you now need to know how to cook vegan for a month because that's, that's hard. That would be hard for anyone. But starting with you know, choosing a night a week and going, okay, let's try something that we haven't tried before. Mm. It's getting creative. It's getting into the kitchen. It's getting us more excited about the process of cooking rather than just this like instant gratification of like, all I want is that moment where the food hits my mouth. 
Mm. And that's all the work that I want to do. You make absolute sense. It's Arabella Parkinson, who's the founder of Eat to Thrive. Um, you also talk a lot about sustainability and sustainable food, which is also another buzz concept that's been thrown around in recent years. Uh, and a lot of us are now taking that as meaning, you know, not only making healthier choices, but also starting balcony gardens or, you know, home garden patches. Uh, but what does that mean to you and your team out at Eat to Thrive? What is the messaging behind sustainable food and sustainable nutrition? So recently, um, it's, there's been an amazing food summit. It's the UN has just hosted their first uh, sustainable food systems um, summit. And it's, it's an amazing initiative. It's, you know, you've got everyone in this industry from farmers to the consumers to chefs to anyone in the food chain and the um, I mean the supply chain of this industry talking about how to improve our food systems because I mean it's a it's a hard thing to look at but it's the reality we're in a a climate crisis Mm. and I think it's quite overwhelming when people look at what's going on you know you can't i can't do anything about the fact that the ice is melting or the fact that Mm. you know there's there's extreme weather and things like that and people's lives are being impacted but there's such an empowering feeling that you can get when you can look at you know there are lots of fun geeky tools out there where you can you know um, type in a recipe online mm-hmm. and compare one ingredient to another and see what its impact is on your carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And so sustainable food for me is like choosing a foods that are um, seasonal. So it's mm. really nice to get used to what foods are season. And a very simple trick is find a thing that is abundant and that is the cheapest on the shelf because mm-hmm. it's obviously local and there are so many, you know, the blueberry is growing, so they're going to be everywhere and it's going to be affordable. Mm. You know, when avos start shooting up the prices, it means they're being imported and it's not seas- it's, they're out of season. Yeah. Um, so eating, choosing um, to get more familiar with the seasonal produce, um, supporting local farmers, trying to kind of decentralize your, your shopping. So mm-hmm. whether you have a farmer's market or you have, uh, vendors down the road, anyone that's doing a smaller scale farming initiative is, you know, it's nice to support them because you're kind of, you're creating a stronger food web by empowering local farmers because mm-hmm. generally they are the ones that come out of this with less than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are lots of fun. There's an amazing cookbook that Knorr actually um, did. Um, and it's, it's about the... I think it's called Future 50 Foods. Mm-hmm. And so they have all this information on like, you know, legumes and pulses. So the chickpeas and the lentils and beans and all of those are so sustainable because they're easy to grow. They're drought resistant. You know, they mm. a lot of these factors that um, make them a, a food worth continuing to play around with rather than, for example, beef, which is a really heavy, um, it really makes, you know, your carbon footprint is very heavy and it's easier to swap out certain things to just have a lighter footprint. And I mean, I think I've just thrown way too much at you, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's just like starting simply and just being like, okay, why would, if I eat seasonal produce, 
and supporting local farmers, it's like a ripple effect. You don't yes. actually have to know the wider impact. Just just being able to do small things for your community, like you say, growing veggies. Mm. Um, there's so many ways to start, and I think it's just nice to start with one. You don't have to have everything figured out. I got you. It is uh, Arabella Parkinson. Uh, she's uh, a founder of uh, Eat to Thrive. And by the way, Arabella, uh, as we wrap it up, for anybody that now wants to follow your movement, whether it's just to, you know, um, extract some of the information that you share or uh, to, to partake in some of the classes, because I also knew that, know that you do online cooking classes with all kinds of tips and hints and all kinds of interesting things. Where do our audiences find you? Are you active on social media? So you can find me on Instagram, uh, and it's Eat to Thrive. Mm-hmm. It's um, Eat underscore to dot Thrive. You'll find you'll, it'll come up. Um, but I'm very active on there, and I share all my cooking class information and um, recipes, and you know tips and things to look out for on my um, on my account there, and then. From there, if if um, you go into the links in my bio, there's you know my website's up there. There's articles that I've written, um, and generally, generally that will be the main place that I will will spread the word for things that I'm doing. So, if anyone's interested in joining my next cooking class, please have a look on Instagram, and um, it's super fun. It's online. It's one hour, and it's packed with inspiration and really quick, easy, delicious recipes to try at home. It might be something that my friends and I will definitely be joining. <laughs> uh, that is Arabella Parkinson. We are in the midst of one of our veganish uh, sessions right now, <laughs> uh, sharing some tips on uh, sustainable nutrition, bringing us to exactly 22, 8 o'clock. You can find her on Instagram, eat underscore two dot thrive. And of course, uh, there is there on the bio, the link to her website where you can find her as well. Or you can just Google eat to thrive. If Arabella Parkinson comes up, then you know you You've hit the right one. 22, 8 o'clock on the Art of Everything.